uh, hiatus this week on what we've been looking at, and instead with revival coming up this Sunday, I want to um, just kind of look at revival for a few moments and uh, and have some good prayer tonight. I, I really believe we need to focus in on prayer and to have some good word of prayer this evening. And uh, but I do want to look at just the thought in general of revival and what revival looks like, what revival is, and what is needed. In Mark chapter 16, verse number uh, 15, this is the Great Commission. The Bible says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So this is the Great Commission for the church. It is that we are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Um, this is the life calling of every believer, and it's the duty of us to reach the entirety of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, that brings somewhat of a conundrum, doesn't it? Because we're commanded to go and to reach all the world, but how are we to do that? How are we to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Um, this is a large task that uh, requires, uh, the truth is, it's a bigger task than you or I are capable of uh, accomplishing. So how could the Lord, a righteous God, demand of us a task that is beyond our capacity to do? That doesn't seem very just and fair, does it, that he would ask of us, something that, we, that is beyond our capabilities. Well, the Lord, he asked us to do something that was beyond ourselves, but then he did not leave us alone. He equipped us to do the supernatural and to do things greater than ourselves. In Acts chapter 1, let's look at Acts chapter 1, and I want to read one verse, verse number 14. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 14. This is right here dealing with um, the Acts of the Apostle, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And here we find that in Acts 1 verse 14, we find that before the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was equipped with great power in a way that turned the world upside down, verse number 14 gives us insight into um, three things that was transpiring in the church before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. In verse number 14, the Bible says, And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And of course, right after that, the Bible says, In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. And we find that Peter goes on, he preaches, the Holy Spirit pours out, and uh, Pentecost happens, and thousands are saved and God begins to move through the disciples to the power of the Holy Spirit. Here we see that there are three things that happen. First off, the Bible says they continued with one accord. They were in unity. Uh, this accord they were in was not a Honda. It was they were in unity together, all right? They had great unity together. And the Bible says they had unity, but they had unity with one accord in prayer and supplication. Now, we, we can talk tonight. Y'all can interact with me. That'll be all right. What is the difference in prayer and supplication? Does anyone know? Not everybody at one time. 
What's that? They are closely related. They come from two different Greek words. They are two different words, yet they are somewhat related. And I, I think that um, in all reality, supplication is an aspect of prayer. But the purpose of supplication and prayer are different. Prayer, as in the Bible, is defined as it is fellowship with the Lord. It, it's, prayer is focused on communication, fellowship, worship, adoration. While supplication is request. It is supplication is we, are, we have requests that we, our, our prayer list, these are supplications. We have requests we are asking God to move and work in in behalf, in behalf of our lives and the lives of others. We call this a prayer list. We really probably could call it a supplication list because that's what it is. It is uh, prayers of supplication we're asking God. Where prayer itself is worship of God that we desire to have a relationship with him. And so the Bible says they were in unity. They were together in one accord. They had perfect unity in prayer. That is, they had unity in their worship of God, their relationship with God. They came together to seek God in unity, but also in their request. They were all asking for the same things. They were asking for God to move and to turn the world upside down and, and to bring peace and unity among the brethren and that their supplications were in agreement, but so was their worship of God. And, and so they were in one accord in these, in these regards. Um, in Acts chapter uh, 1, verse number 8, just a few verses prior here, um, let's read that. It says, but you shall receive power uh, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end or the uttermost parts of the earth. And so, again, the Great Commission, as you read earlier in Mark, says that we are to go into all the world. And in here in Acts, he says, you'll be a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the earth. This is the, the fulfillment of the Great Commission that was given to Mark. So how do we do that? The Bible says, but you will be a witness after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit of God that we are capable of accomplishing what it is. And so I believe really the revival is in many regards, it is you and I as a church coming to a place where we return back to seeking the, the Lord Christ and his purpose for our life. It is a revival in our hearts of the Great Commission. This really is what revival is. It's a reviving of our hearts that we return back to a place where we seek God above all else. We seek him first. And with that, we get back to the mission, the core of what God has called us to do. And so revival in our hearts, it is something that transpires. And we listen, we are passing out flyers we have invited people to the revival. We've put it on Facebook. Uh, we've uh, given flyers out. We've uh, talked. To, I've let it known to the, our association, to the other churches. And we're invited lost people. We're in, I'm, I'm inviting lost people to come to our revival. I hope you are as well. But the truth of the matter is, revival is not for everyone else. The revival is for you and I. That we would turn or return to a place where God is preeminent in our hearts and minds and that we would seek him first. Um, read me Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30. 
Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30. And that, I'm speaking on this tonight because uh, we'll be going into revival on Sunday, Sunday morning. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but revival's not going to come just because we have a guest preacher, special music, and a special meeting. Um, that's not the way revival works. Revival works when you and I as individuals, we come to a place where we allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in and through our lives, where we surrender ourselves to him so that he may have his will done in and through us. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 30, the Bible says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom we are sealed to the day of redemption. So the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 that we should not uh, grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So if we are to fulfill the Great Commission, then we are to do so through the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you agree with that? Right? The Bible said that you know, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and you will be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and to all the earth. And so uh, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. But now in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So here we have, the, we have the promise that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Then we have the promise that the Holy Spirit would be given to you and I as believers, that we are to, we are been equipped with a, through God, through his spirit, to accomplish the task that is too big for us. So then, where's the disconnect? And I dare believe there's a disconnect. Well, Ephesians chapter 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And so, we're called to do a task. We've been given the tool to do the task, which is the Spirit of God in our life. Therefore, Something has intervened if we are not working in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. What could those things be? And there is a list of, uh, through Power of the Spirit, a book I read, and, and they list about 25, 30 things. And uh, I want to look at just a few of these. We can go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and back even in verse 17. Um, through the end of the chapter here, chapter 4, the Bible deals with several things. Matter of fact, we may go ahead and read. Let's begin reading in verse number 17 of Ephesians chapter 4. It says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Be ye have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to this deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak with his neighbors, uh, speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do, and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath. Don't give place to the devil. Let him who stole uh, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him, 
who has need. Let no corrupt word or communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for uh, necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. So I want to read off just a few of these things that are character things that we do that can grieve the Holy Spirit of God and can uh, hinder the spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit on our life. All right, first is um, uh, being uncharitable, not being willing to give for others, being greedy, that we would keep things for ourselves rather than being willing to give to others. Um, iniquity and sin, Psalms chapter, let's read Psalm 66, verse 18. Uh, I said I wouldn't be long tonight, and I promise I'm not, but I want to read this. Psalms chapter 66 and verse number 18. It says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And so iniquity and sin will hinder, it will, uh, it will grieve the Holy Spirit of God so that we do not have power with Him. And often I think that sin, iniquity, is one of the main things that hinders the Holy Spirit's uh, work in our heart, um, having a critical a attitude, um, being self-dependent, working on our own power. You know, a lot of times I'm guilty of it. I have been guilty of it. And I'm not proud of it. But there's oftentimes that we go on our, I go on my own power. You know, we just assume we depend upon God for some of the big tasks, but some of the smaller tasks we kind of tend to take things for granted, don't we? We can do that. That's, I've got that. That's no big deal. Well, we're being dependent upon ourselves instead of the Holy Spirit. And we should learn to be dependent upon God in every aspect of our life and everything that we do, recognizing that we can only do so because of His grace and His power. And so um, another one is resisting conviction. When the Holy Spirit begins to convict our heart, and you ever resisted conviction? Boy, the Holy Spirit begins to convict you. And what do we do? We begin to come up with all kinds of excuses as to why we do it. And we begin to justify ourselves. Well, resisting the Holy Spirit, that conviction in our heart, is a method by which we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, refusing to confess our sins. And uh, then refusing to make uh, restitution. Uh, there's been times where the Lord has grieved me over something in my life where I've done something wrong to someone or said something wrong. And, and uh, don't look at me like that. Y'all have done that too now. Uh, said something about somebody you probably shouldn't have. And about the time it came off your tongue, you thought, oops, I shouldn't have said that. But it's too late. Once it's out, you can't reel it back in. And so we think, boy, I'm, Lord, I'm sorry for that. And, uh, and we've hurt somebody. Words got it back. We've hurt them. And sometimes we like to just sweep it under the rug in our own heart and think, well, maybe they'll forget about it. And instead of being willing to make restitution, instead of being willing to say, I'm sorry. And these things can grieve the Holy Spirit in our life. Um, resentfulness, um, revenge, um, prejudice against people because of, uh, don't have to be skin color. It can be anything. It can be their lifestyle, uh, the clothes they wear, their background, uh, whatever. These things grieve the Holy Spirit. Um, worldly ambition, being ambitious about ourselves instead of the things of God. And it's okay to um, desire to, to have ambitions and dreams and goals, but when that's what we live for instead of God, we are grieving the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. 
And then all these things will be added to you, right? Ain't that what the Bible says? But we like to think the things of the world first and give God our leftovers. And so um, being selfish to our own church or denomination, uh, it's you know going out and witnessing to people. I spoke with someone today, and they said, you know, we've got, I got a church I'm going to, but we would love to come back sometime. And I said, listen, we would love to have you here at North Etowah. We would. I said, but if you've got a good church, I'm not trying to tell you go to where you're at. That's be faithful where you're at. Um, I'm not trying. It's not about building North Etowah Baptist Church. It's about building the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And so not being selfish about ourselves, um, resisting the Holy Spirit. There have been plenty of times in my life, and I'm, I'm not bragging, I'm just being transparent. I would use you as an illustration, but you wouldn't appreciate that, so I have to use myself. Uh, there have been times in my life where the Holy Spirit has said, uh, go witness that individual. And I'll be honest with you, there's been times where I've done it, but there's been a few times where I didn't do it. Um, years ago, this has been probably, I don't know, uh, 12, 13, maybe even 14 years ago, we were in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. And, you know, Portland's went crazy now. It was pretty crazy back then. And uh, Sandra and I, we were downtown Portland. We were passing out tracks. We just, we had some free time one day. So we're going to go downtown and try to witness to some people. And we did. And uh, there was these, uh, a group of individuals that were homeless. They looked horrible. They smelled worse. And uh, we walked up and, um, tried to witness to them, and uh, they said things that I won't repeat tonight, but they were blaspheming in ways that would make your stomach just nauseous, uh, the things they were saying about Christ and the Bible. And when I pulled out a Bible, they looked at it and began hissing and growling at it. And there were some more people that looked right like them, just like another group of them right across the park. And... Uh, I felt like I was supposed to go witness to them, but I'll be honest with you. I told Sandra, I said, we're getting out of here. And uh, we went and got in the vehicle and left And after that. And, um, you know, I, I've grieved the Holy Spirit by, by not listening to him. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to use our own preferences, and we think we know best, don't we? And uh, we, we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God in our life. We have to be willing to... Uh, yield ourselves to him dishonesty in our transactions and business selfishness living for ourselves um, and then we can be we can i believe we can uh, grieve the holy spirit by being negligent in our prayer life and bible study by just avoiding giving god priority we're not going to have the power of the holy spirit upon our hearts our lives and our church we are the church <laughs> Yeah, I'm about the building. You and I, we're not going to have the power of the Holy Spirit upon our life if we're not seeking Him through prayer and uh, through learning about Him through His Word, applying His Word, hiding His Word in our heart. And so it must be a priority. And then uh, another one that's really, they geared it towards pastors, but I believe it can be for all of us, too much ministry and too little prayer where we're so concerned about ministry that we forget that we must pray, uh, that should be our primary resource. Um, for a pastor, it, it's more important that I spend time in prayer than it is that I spend 10, 15 hours preparing a sermon. 
I'd be better off spending 30 minutes preparing a sermon, Brother Dennis, and spending 10 hours in prayer than to spend 10 hours in prayer and, forget, or, and study and forget to pray. We need the power of the Holy Spirit of God upon us. And so, uh, and, and really, I think the last one is, is just simply unbelief. We grieve the Holy Spirit by unbelief. And I've got a lot of scripture written down for these, and um, we're not going to look at all of them this evening, but unbelief. We pray, but we don't believe. We ask God for things, but we don't really believe it'll happen. I'm praying that we have revival. Not revival meeting. We, we're going to have a revival meeting, Lord willing. I don't want a revival meeting. I want revival. And there's a difference. But do we really believe God's going to send revival to us? Have we been praying, believing that something's going to change in our hearts? Not that we're praying that, Lord, would you please send revival to that pew over there? They need it. That's not what I'm talking about. God, would you change this right here? God, would you revive my heart? Lord, would you give me a greater love for you? A greater love for the lost. A greater love for the Great Commission. A greater love to fellowship with you, to pray and read my Bible and to learn from you, God. A greater desire to walk with you in fellowship on a daily basis. Revival in our hearts. That's what we need. Why? Because we have been tasked with a task that is beyond our abilities to go into all the world. We're going to be sharing. Uh, the, uh, our association is uh, getting ready to join on a, uh, on a project that's uh, about getting the Word of God. There, I believe there's uh, 18, uh, 1,800 languages, 1,800 languages around the world that have no Bible at all in their language. And so uh, we're wanting to partner and try to get some, uh, see if we can help get the Bible translated into some of these languages. And we're wanting to do that. Um, and we want to be a part of it. That's hard, part of the way we can do the Great Commission. But I'll be honest with you, and we're going to be sharing more about it in the upcoming months. Um, uh, it's an exciting opportunity. Uh, but the task is bigger than you or I can do. But it's not bigger than he can do. And if we're going to accomplish it, we're going to have to be led and filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. I sure would like to have a church service where Peter had, where he stood up and preached, and they came by the masses to Christ. And the Bible says... They were added to the church daily. Now, I'm praying, Lord willing, we're going to have maybe a family or two join the church in the next week or so. I'm excited about that. But they had them added daily. Wouldn't, well, wouldn't that blow all our minds? How does that happen? It's not going to be because we dressed a certain way. It's not going to be because we spoke just right or we had the, the polished sermon or song. It's going to be because the power of the Holy Spirit moved and 
worked through us. That's what I'm praying happens through revival. And I want to encourage us tonight. We're going to pray in just a moment. And uh, although we have our prayer list, I want to encourage you, if you would, tonight and throughout the rest of this week, make prayer for revival a top priority. And we want to pray for God to revive our church, to revive our brothers and sisters in Christ. But let's not get detracted from the main prayer Lord, revive me. And if we'd get revived in our own heart, I honestly believe that fire would spread. It would grow. And so let's be in prayer over that.